Want to know how to go from £300 in stock to owning the largest independent nursery business in the UK? This is my interview with Neville Wright, founder of Kitty Care. You know, you've got only so many uh, 86,400 seconds in the day and uh, um, 1,440 minutes in the day. Use them. <laughs> Welcome to Leveraged Lifestyle, the podcast that shares with you the mindset and skill set it takes for you to create your ideal leveraged lifestyle, whatever that might look like for you. Please welcome your host, entrepreneur, world record holder and globetrotter, Catherine Turner. Hi there, this is Catherine Turner and you are listening to Leveraged Lifestyle. This is my break without a break and as I promised you, I'm delivering some of my best content from over the last two years giving it a new introduction, a new spin and some updates as we go along. Plus some of my favorite interviews along the way and giving you the highlights reel of those interviews so that rather than maybe an hour and a half long, they are just down to the essential bits of listening for you. And I've done that this week with my interview with Neville Wright, which was actually first distributed on my birthday last year. But uh, interestingly, when we uh, recorded it, it was on the day that Mothercare, a UK-based business, but also known around the globe, uh, said that it was about to shut its doors, and which it has done now. And as I'm reading in the headlines this week, all across the globe, joblessness, uh, unemployment rates, they are all going up, unfortunately, and more businesses, especially in retail, are having to shut their door. So I thought it was, uh, one, because I love this interview with Neville, but two, because it absolutely highlights how I think many retail businesses are getting it so wrong and why they're not delivering what they're meant to be doing in person and why they're then going on to be beaten by internet and online e-commerce businesses instead, because they're not delivering some of the simple stuff which Neville goes into in detail in this interview. And like I said, I've I've chopped it down. We've got straight into the, the deep dive, the good stuff, the nuggets here. I mean, we cover lots, like I said, from building kitty care from £300 in a two up, two down terrace in the UK to the largest independent nursery business. And, and actually selling for a world record price in the UK's and what was a global recession back in 2011. He also shares, you know, why you should know more than your customer, never lose a sale to the internet if you're in physical retail, that you need to marry your customer, the mindset of building a team and the systems that go with that, how to get a world record breaking price it really comes down to a thousand little things and he shares those in this interview with me. And that, you know, it's not all roses in business and how you get around that and how when you have the biggest payday of your life, it feels like you've built up to the biggest party going and you're not invited. We really do cover so much, including uh, why Neville believes that we're really only here for a holiday and that we need to make the most of this time. So we're going to jump straight in with the interview uh, when Neville is talking about how him and his wife Marilyn started with that £300 in stock and how they built up to the largest independent nursery business or baby shop business 
in the UK. I hope you enjoy this one and um, please send me any feedback or any of your thoughts about what is going on in the world of business right now in the Leverage Lifestyle community as always on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you and please enjoy this interview with myself and founder of Kitty Care, Neville Wright. Well, we'd got £300 saved up, mm-hmm. so we went out and we bought £300 worth of second-hand prams from people wow. and put them in the two-up, two-down terrace house and yep. started selling them. Yep. So that built up uh, to uh, the largest nursery business in the country, independent. Yep. We had 120 people working in one shop. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, we was one of the forerunners uh, for uh, online. Mm-hmm. So we used to push the boundaries and be very disruptive in the uh, in in that whatever market we was in. We would yeah. do things different. Yeah. So you'd have to because I've got ADHD, you know, and I <laughs> and you know I've got a dyslexia, and it was like those are two great things because I couldn't keep still. Mm. And I'd have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing to test myself. I yeah. was always competing against me. Okay. And, it's, um, and, and so therefore, like Marilyn would say, um, it's all right for you. You go out and you do all these deals and you leave all the shit to us. (laughs) That sounds like my husband and me. So so the thing is... He cleans up my mess as well. (laughs) When you've got... um, uh, some uh, attributes uh, such as uh, those what I've just mentioned yes. when you've when you've got these skills and these uh, great things uh, and you can't do uh, some things well nobody can do everything no. so um, your ambition takes over and you have to get other people to do what you can't do yeah and and that's that's great because you have to employ people mm-hmm. and the more you employ people the more you need to uh, to do to keep those people employed and yeah. the more people you employ. And it goes on and Just on and on. Out. And it's ex- so exciting. <laughs> and, and people won't take that first step mm. to employ their first person mm. and very often because they think, I can do it myself. Yeah. I'll, I, I will do it myself and I won't have any aggravation. Mm-hmm. And of course... There is a ceiling to doing it yourself. You know, there's yeah. so many hours in the day. Yeah. But if you double the work, if, if you double your staff from one, from me yeah. to one other person, yeah. which we did with Marilyn and myself, mm-hmm. two heads are better than one. Yeah. And then you get another one and then you teach that other one the same attitude as you've got the same mindset. Mm. And then the next and the next and you build 15, 20 people all with the same mindset mm. going in one direction. Yeah. And then the and then your kids grow up and they come in at 14 years old or 13 years old, they come <laughs> into the business because the the schooling is not for them. Yeah. And uh and and so be time well, they start at 10, they start having a wage packet at 10. Okay. So every hour they work, they get paid. So that is a real good incentive. And they spend the money on what they want. Yes. Not on what mum and dad say. Yep. So therefore, they've got freedom and they've got choice. The only okay. choice they didn't have was going out because you can't say, well, I'm going to work. I'll leave you at home. You can't leave no. a 10-year-old at home. No. Uh, so you, you have to say, well, you've got a choice. You've got to come to work with us because mm-hmm. there's no other choice. Yeah. Now, you can either sit down in the office 
or you can help the staff yeah. and you get paid. Which would you like? Hmm, let me think about that. So I, I love that idea. Yeah. And I feel like you've wrapped up so much in what you've just said as to what I advocate on the podcast week in, week out is to not do everything yourself, is to play to your strengths. Um, and you obviously knew yours off the bat. The fact that you, uh, you know, doubled the, the head count and it started with a family member, uh, your other half, your spouse, and exactly the same way I built my business. Um, because I did, st- I started them. Uh, the husband was in corporate management finance, so uh, uh, qualified accountant. So that's not my forte. So that's a good start as well. Um, I advocate again bringing in, even if it's just uh, a virtual assistant. We have about seven of them work for us as well as physical staff, and that sometimes is like an a, an easier first step for people because you know that might be lower wages or they're just contracted for a few hours. One of the things I wanted to bring up there, because obviously, you, you know, from a two-bed terrace to what Kitty Care became before you sold it, and we'll get on to yeah. that, it's like, did you ever feel, and I don't know if this is just me, how responsible do you feel? Every time we employ someone new, I'm like, <gasps> we're now responsible for them. Like, our bill, <clears throat> we, what we pay them pays their bills and how they live and that. Does that, did it ever come into um, it? Not for because a start. Because you talked about mindset as well. Yeah, not, 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 not for a start because uh, we was in control. Mm-hmm. And, and so, therefore, if you're in control on a minute-to-minute basis, uh, you are controlling what happens. You are educating that person. And in the nursery trade, it takes well, probably every trade, but in the nursery trade, uh, to become a pramologist, you have to have two years intensive training. Wow. Okay. And everybody was intensively trained because it's micromanagement. So I would micromanage whatever. This is the way you put the bins out. This is the way you display. This is the And of course, when they got that, it, that, that was part. They did that yeah. as natural. Then there yeah. was the next micromanagement on the, and the next. And every day right. was micromanaging, but on a different thing. Right. And then when we got to bigger, the manager uh, would make their own sheets out and mm-hmm. everybody who came in, they would, the first day they would go home with a pack of brochures and they go, what's this? And go, well, it's your homework because you're going to be tested on that. And every day they went through 20 or 30 items mm-hmm. and, uh, and then they had to demonstrate and, and people used to come in and go, do you know, you're the only, I've been into so many companies and you are really, really serious about training. Mm. And, and uh, you say, well, you should never, ever uh, have a customer in front of you that knows more about this product than you do. You should know more than the mm. customer. And it is dreadful now because on the internet, you can look up uh, what, uh, what this product yeah. does, <laughs> yes. how much it is, where you can get it from, uh, etc. How uh, cheap you can get uh, it. And, and then yeah. you go and you say to the person in uh, one of the stores, mm. um, have you got one of those? And they go, oh, 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 I don't know, really. Um, and then you say, oh, well, you have because you've got one in your cabinet here. Um, can you tell me about it? And they go, um, well, I, um, I don't normally work on this department. So why are you on this department now? Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, why have they put people on a department that they know nothing? Mm. You know, and it's dreadful training. Yeah. And of course, people go, okay, um, yeah, I can see it and see how it works. Okay, I'll go and buy it on the internet. Yeah. Because, 
and we never used to lose a sale to the internet. Although we had a big internet ourselves, we wouldn't let a customer go. So if they came into your store, oh, there was ours. You're making a sale. There was ours. I love that philosophy as well. I mean, we'll get onto your philosophy in the in the title of the book as well. But the fact that it is so easy to, let's just say, it, jump on Amazon, jump online, and buy kind of whatever you want now. And I feel like, and it's kind of interesting timing when we're doing this interview, that at the time a certain other nursery. Mother care. Uh, well, we'll say it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's in, is, the, it's in the domain, isn't it? Indeed. It's in the, it's it's in the, in the newspapers, news. unfortunately. So, very, very sad. And we'll see what happens because it's still kind of playing out at the moment. But I think the, the interesting thing is someone uh, brought up that the fact that when you go into a store, uh, especially some, somewhere like Mother Care, for example, let's just say this, especially being a, a mother of two young children myself, I can't get my double buggy through the aisles there. That's ridiculous. That was, uh, that, that we used to take the double buggy, the widest one we'd got. Yeah. And you used to go round. If you was doing displays. Yeah. Uh, in an area, the person who was doing this displays would take the double buggy round. Perfect. The fact that there was never anyone available to actually talk to and find out about products they'd be checking on their little screen about the product themselves. So I probably, again, already knew more than they did yeah. about it. And it's just like, well, I've come in here to look at the product and, and none of them seem to have even sales training, what I would no. call sales training of no. actually like engaging the customer, finding out what they needed, what they wanted. So it's, it feels refreshing to hear you say that. But the trouble is you don't, don't have kitty care anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> you should... You should marry your customer. Yeah, I heard you say this on someone else's podcast, and I was like, okay, this is interesting. So you can divorce me. <laughs> okay. If you're my customer, yep. you can divorce me at any time you like. Okay. I can never divorce you. I must do my utmost, my best yep. to keep you as, uh, as my marriage partner. Keep you happy, keep you. Yeah. Happy life, happy wife, all that. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So uh, <laughs> I want to get into this as well because I think this is really interesting that I feel like a lot of high street shops, especially in the UK, it's probably happening all around the world really, that they're not learning that you don't want another online experience or what you could find online. You want a different level of experience. And the fact that you were doing that makes me feel like that's why you were able to position yourself in what was essentially one of the worst recessions we've ever had, sell your company for more than you were making turnover-wise at that point, yeah. although you had systems in place to obviously take it to yeah. a way bigger. Yeah. And you have read the book or you listened to it. <clears throat> yeah, I did my homework, I did my homework. Um, and it's just like, the fact that you did, what does it take to get there? Because I know a lot of people when they start businesses hopefully in some ways they're thinking about the end in mind, yeah. whatever that might look like, yeah. whether they're going to sell, yeah. whether they're going to pass it on to their children, yeah. whether whatever happens, but hopefully there's an exit plan of some sort. I mean, I know our mutual yeah. friend, Rob Moore talks about death for him, um, but I'm sure he has some legacy planning now for his children, if they so wish to go into that. And I want to know what it takes at Leverage Your Lifestyle. We talk about systems, outsourcing, what it takes to build a business, a brand and leverage that what did it take to, in the worst recession, get probably 
an incredible price. I don't know where you had value world, down. It was a world record price for an independent nursery there we go. business. Yeah, there we go. world record. And I, and I think that will last forever. Nice. <laughs> you know, unless there's a massive, massive inflation and in 30 <laughs> years' time somebody else does it. You know. So what did that day feel like when... Which question? Sem- well, so what there's a couple of bits. Like, or what did it feel like or how so did we... How, how did, did we, you get there and right. then what did it feel like? Yeah. So, so we got there and, and I get this question asked every single day and every single day I will tell people how easy it was to build that incredible business and um and last night i was in a restaurant with um dawn my pa and uh husband we've been great friends for he's in the book actually um uh for i don't know 30 years so um and we was talking about uh uh different different things uh, and uh, either restaurants came up um, or a shop came up and it was like stock most people don't have stock or not enough we had always we had our money in stock right. stock was better than having money in the bank okay. so just that little thing you could come to us and People would say after the demonstration, all right, I'll have one of those. Um, How long will it take? Because they've been into other shops and they'd said, oh, well, if you order it now, it'd be three months or three weeks or whatever. Which doesn't work when you're pregnant and you've probably done it last minute. (laughs) So so therefore they say, "Um, how long will it take? And you go, "Hmm." for this product, um, about 12 minutes. And they go, what do you mean? And go, well, you see, we've got the uh, video screen and this is and shows the warehouse and shows your parcel coming down four flights on a conveyor belt. Oh, wow. And that will take from where that is in the warehouse now, there's 12,000 pallets there. And uh, that will take about 12 minutes, you know. So they'll go, <laughs> what? I was thinking it would take three months. And you go, no, no. Um, and you take them to the kiosk mm-hmm. uh, because we had 30 kiosks in the store. We'd say, you put your credit card in there. Um, and then what you need is this pram. And then, of course, you need your accessories, blah, 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 and all the accessories. Yeah. So here's another thing. Mm-hmm. So when we was online, you had the product, mm-hmm. but you had six accessories with it. Mm-hmm. All those accessories, what you went on, uh, if you went on, uh, if you clicked on them, they had six accessories with that. And it went round in a circle. Mm-hmm. So then it had the product, you know, and you go round in a circle. So you have a cot. Mm-hmm. So you click onto the cot. The accessories was the bedding, the mattress, the toys and things. So yeah. uh, you click on the mattress, what size of mattress, what, what quality of mattress do you want? Mm-hmm. And then on the mattress page, there was a reminder of all the bedding. Mm-hmm. On the bedding page, there was a reminder of the cots. And so it went round in circles. Yeah. No, that's another thing. Uh, and easy that all tiny little things mm. when you went into our car park you didn't see any rubbish no rubbish because the security uh guys we were always clearing up any rubbish Amazing. that there was a, so so it, simple right? it wasn't yeah. a, it, it wasn't like you drive into um a car park and you go just look at the shit that's around here mm-hmm. you know there's uh, bottles and t- 
takeaway yeah. cartons and things like that. Yeah. So the thing is, people used to come into our car park, never, never even give it a thought. We didn't want that thought to be mm. in their mind. It's exciting. They're going into this mega store or even the terraced house. Mm. We did. We didn't want to uh, have anything in their mind. Only what was. Uh, uh, there was going into this what they were coming for yeah even when we had our terraced house we used to wash the pavement down and the gutter every morning before we opened and it was a bucket of water you know and a broom (laughs) and people don't do it yeah so, so true. and it's like I, you go down the high street and you see all the rubbish and the sick and everything from the night before and you think the shops are open. How dare? Why would anybody? Yeah. Why the would they? Not they bad. come into yeah. the back of their shop. They take their coat off and they open the till up. No, you don't do that. You go round to the front, or you come out of the front, and you go across the road and you look at your shop. Mm-hmm. You look at your presentation, and then you see down the road there's some graffiti, and. You say, oh, this can, and you say to one of your staff, can you just go down and, and get that graffiti off that um, telephone box or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and, and people go, well, why would you do that? Because you're not responsible for that. Oh, no, I want my customers to be thinking about my shop, my products, and mm-hmm. that, not thinking, what a shithole this is. Look, you see the telephone mm-hmm. box is all graffitied and the, yeah. this, and, and there's all rubbish in the gutters. So you start the, with the, Little things and yeah. that, and, and that that's what you up. do. It's you walk into the shop. What's the first thing a pregnant woman wants when she comes in as she's been traveling an hour, two hours, whatever? Toilet. Yep. You didn't open any doors to go into our toilets because okay. you could push your pram into the toilets because they had corridors that right. go round. Yeah. Then you've got a little sink for the child. Now the water, they could never scold themselves because you had a thermostat on the water on each tap. So it's lukewarm, yeah. not hot. Yeah. You have these, you go into places, you go into restaurants and it says, uh, warning. Caution, yeah, hot Ca- water. Hot water. What? They're, they're laying themselves wide open yeah. for, a, for a, a, a case, you yeah. know, to... Because they've already, they've already said, that's scolding water. That could yeah. scold somebody. So <laughs> let's put a warning sign on there. No, pay 60 quid and put a thermostat underneath it. Yeah. So it's a little th- things. Mm. We had a full-time cleaner for the toilets. Mm-hmm. People used to go in, come out and go, those toilets are cleaner than my house. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, wow, you know, you yeah. put in that. We had a restaurant and so I would never, uh, I, I don't like going into a restaurant and, and then you get, you have a start, you get sticky fingers or whatever. Yeah. You have to go to the toilets to wash your hands mm. and it's not compatible. We had uh, two sinks in our uh, entrance of our uh, restaurant, mm-hmm. one low mm-hmm. for the kids yeah. and one high. So people didn't have to go to the toilet to wash their hands. Lovely. In our, I, I was in, um, I was in London the other day in a hotel. I was um, in the gents. Who was next to me? Bloody chef. Right, that is a no-no. You don't have customers standing next to staff. You don't stand in a urinal next to the person who's going to serve you. It's no. So we had 
customer toilets mm -hmm. and we had staff toilets. Yes. The staff never went into the customer's yeah. toilets because that was, it was no, you know, that it's a tiny little thing. Mm -hmm. And, and when people say, how did you get such a good price for, you know, why was it so successful? Give me the answer to why it's successful. And I, I go, it's a thousand little things. Yeah. And people think, Give me the three, give me the three things that makes a success in business. Oh God, no, I can't give you three things, mm. but I can give you, you know, stand still, look round. Yeah. If you if the meter around you is fine, go to the next meter, go to yeah. the next meter. And did you have this all written down in kind of checklists yeah. or process systems? Yeah. So your staff. Oh, the you... system was there. Yeah. Uh, each uh, manager had the system. Each manager um, would be uh in that system helping mm -hmm. that system develop yeah that system wasn't right we used to write a system mm -hmm. very easy mm -hmm. um, one of the systems was out of the 120 staff each member of staff only had one boss wow okay i couldn't go i wouldn't go to a person and and say nobody could go to somebody and say uh, can you do that no, is their manager, their line manager, uh -huh. their buddy. Their, their, so each person was in line. Right. Their manager would be overall in charge of maybe 14 people, for instance. Yeah. They would have a um, second manager and a, a, a line supervisor, depending on what kind of uh, uh, jobs they were. Uh -huh. and, um, and so... You was never responsible for two or three managers. So nobody, and we learned this mm -hmm. because you, in leaving interviews, why are you leaving? Well, I've got four managers. Yeah. How come? Well, I, I start a job and somebody tells me to leave that and go somewhere else and somebody else tells me to leave that somewhere. I've got four. No, we're not. That's yeah. not right. That's not that's, right. Yeah. That's, that, and, and so therefore that was, the managers was uh, um, making these rules up with us mm -hmm. and this is how we did it and we would put the system in and it was very it was very quick mm -hmm. we could uh we would have a problem and we'd alter the system within 10 minutes yeah and we would say give it 10 minutes mm -hmm. if this system does not work to your satisfaction because you're doing it yes we yeah. will change it yeah so we had uh, 10 telephone girls um I say girls, well, probably there was eight and two lads, but, yeah. <laughs> but mostly it's girls that like that work. And it was always, this is the system, but it's not set in stone. If yes. you can find a better system, yeah. you come up with problems. And each day, every single department had a 10-minute meeting before the uh, shop opened. Yeah. Here's another thing. You never, ever go into work alongside a customer no yeah if you're going to start at nine if you open your doors at nine o'clock mm -hmm. well the staff should be there quarter two mm -hmm. they should have their tills open mm -hmm. ready they should have had their meeting in their in in their area yeah what's um uh it, was there anything we talked about from yesterday uh was there any customer issues was is there any issues today what is going on mm -hmm. what, you know and um 
yeah things no, like true. that I, I i started off in retail actually that was kind of well i started waitressing and then when I went into retail it's like my first job at 16 so i kind of i understand from that point of view and the amount of times when people would come in late and it just looked awful yeah. that the staff are there after the customers yeah and, yeah so okay that day actually i want to go sl- slightly back because this is something um, I think a lot of people, especially whether they're starting business, whether it's still a side thing while they're building up, whether they're kind of new to it or even kind of further in, it sounds like you've had a bit of a roller coaster throughout your <laughs> business career. I love Incredible. that. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Um, but when the times were tough, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing that you've got there, being able to look back and seeing what were the things that maybe went wrong that you now look back and go, oh, that's what it was to maybe look out for. I don't know. And then again, I was... It's all in the book. It's all in the book. It's all yeah, in the book. It's all, it's, and I'll tell Great. you, this is one of the things because shit happens. <laughs> and that, and, and what, I, what I'm trying to say in this book, not yeah. what I'm trying to say, I do say, um, is it's not all roses. Mm. It is in here because what I'm trying to say to people is that is business. Don't give up. Don't because people uh, walk along, stub the toe and they go, I'm not walking anymore. You know, it's like uh, they go into business and somebody robs them, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a daily occurrence. Somebody robs them and or somebody is not nice to them. Mm. Somebody verbally does something to them or physically and um and it's not fair mm-hmm. and if this ha- if this didn't happen i'd still be in business and this what da, 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 mm-hmm. da, and there's a load of excuses and people can't stand it and they leave mm. and they they leave a job they leave a, they leave a business and it happens again and it's what do you call it groundhog day mm-hmm. it keeps going yes. up, round and round <laughs> and round and round and one of the things was i was on uh, uh, welfare uh, living in a 10-foot caravan with my wife and and uh, child. And the thing is, I said to myself, I will never beg again. And so therefore, I had that, I had the caravan, 10-foot caravan as a standard, yep. you know, that uh, I could live in. Yep. Um, and um, I had this mindset of, I will never go cap in hand ever to anybody ever again in my life so that was a they were the things that i yeah yeah, i'd got so so therefore when things happen it is a process of business and you just you have to go through these and i guarantee that everybody who's ever worked for kitty care has cried because they have pain of going because it's unusual uh, place it's like a big family mm. but everybody i can tell you cried including me and marilyn <laughs> and everybody because of what goes on mm. and the, and and the things you have to get through yeah and, and another thing is people are on a knife edge you can you can fall one way you know or mm. a fence you can fall one way or the other mm. and 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 when you do and i'm talking about mentally you know people can get there's a lot of stresses and strains especially Mm. in the uh, well i think it's in any whether it's retail or building or whatever Mm. things go wrong Mm -hmm. but then if you've got somebody to pull you up Mm. and this is uh and this is what happens you've got to have people around you Mm. that you 
can help and they can help you yeah. and you 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 pull people up pull people up. and i know how you're feeling uh but i don't feel the same way so i can step back and i can have a solution for you yes and if that person really really wants that solution that's all right so um yeah, oh, my good. stomach. So, it's good. It's all good. So, uh, let's get to that day. The seventy million hits your bank account. One o'clock. What, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fourteenth of February, two thousand eleven. There we go. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously a momentous day, obviously yeah. in your memory. Yeah. And what does that feel like? And then what happens next? I don't really like swearing, but it felt like shit. Really, you know, it's dreadful. Wow. Yeah. Um, you imagine. Um, Everybody you know in your life is on a plane and it crashed and they all died. Ooh. You imagine that. Um, we'd built the biggest party in the world and we wasn't invited to it. So, um, wow. yeah. we, you know, we, all of our friends, all of our colleagues, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about uh, people who you worked with. Mm -hmm. People uh, who supplied you, because mm -hmm. there was all our friends. We very often used to go on holiday with, uh, uh, with people. Um, <laughs> everybody who is ever associated, because when you are in a business and you want to grow that business, you focus on it. Mm. And whatever you focus on grows. Yes. And you haven't got time for an outside world because this is your world. Mm -mm. The people who are in that world, um, so suppliers, manufacturers, um, and um, and people that you work with, mm -hmm. you they were just going to start the biggest party in the world because <laughs> we'd sold to a company that got a billion pound in cash, you know, and uh, they was going to take it to the next level, mm -hmm. and we wasn't invited. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and to lose to lose those people. I never went in that day. Yeah. I was with my um, uh, building team mm -hmm. and we was cleaning main drains out on, on one of our, um, <laughs> we're, we're, we'd got 13 units in one place in yeah. Peterborough and we was cleaning the drains out. It was. And somebody come out and said, and I and said, what are you doing? I was in this six foot drain and I looked up, I got my, I got my hard hat on and my goggles and everything and I was just plastered in, um, in muck and uh, I said yeah uh, I said uh, we're just uh, doing routine maintenance mate and and it goes he looks over the barrier and he says is that you Neville because <laughs> you know we know all of our tenants yeah. and it's like okay yes mate how are you doing he says I've just heard the fucking news yeah yeah he said you just got 70 million pounds <laughs> and it's like yeah what the are you doing that <laughs> and that's the only way I could cope yeah you know and yeah. uh, and and um and Marilyn will tell you she never went in she probably cried all day you know and it wasn't the money because we had sold four of those businesses beforehand but this was the last one and it was final yeah. the others I sold one in 1980, 1986. You know, we built them and sold them mm. and moved on. And, um, and, and so, therefore, this was the, the final thing, but it mm. wasn't the final thing for us. We, no. We'd already got that property business and, um, and we'd been going on for a, a, a few years on, uh, 
well, since 1974 on yeah. that. And um, so there's other things, but property is certainly not the same as retail. No. Because <laughs> it's a different animal. It's, uh, it's probably a lot easier, but the personal contact with people, mm. making friends and stuff like that, uh, was never in the cutthroat business of what property was mm. in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. Mm. Um, it was, uh, you didn't have friends in that type of business. Yeah. It, you didn't. Yeah. But you did in the nursery business. Oh, so, um, but um, there we are, you know, okay. and that's... Um, good i think our time's coming to a slight I, end isn't it i so, think it is you so can carry few... on another day if you oh, if would, you well, want if, if the people have got uh, some <laughs> uh, some think out of this oh, today i'm sure they will have done yeah i feel like we need to get into the property stuff and probably talk more about the book oh, as well property but, yeah that's a different know, life a whole new life yeah, a whole new yeah life and we started all. very early on because we yeah. started looking at property when we were 16 wow so, i wish i'd started looking at property when i was so, 16 uh, yeah, and that was Holy true, world. you know, like a default mistake, you know, not uh, <laughs> like, not not being able to afford uh, a mortgage and, yeah. and a new house like every um, every couple wants, yeah. you know, and it's like so so we had to go from the we went very quickly from the top of our dreams to the the bottom because we couldn't get a mortgage. So anyway, that's a different story. Oh, wow. That's a whole new story. I'm going to do a couple of wrap-up questions. Okay. okay. Then. Yeah. Um, so the podcast is called Leverage Lifestyle. I've given a bit of a description to you, but what would that mean to you, having a leveraged lifestyle? Well, I try and leverage everything. Um, <laughs> le- today, you're leveraging yours because you, you, you know, you're, you're teaching people how to mm-hmm. do podcasting and that. I'm leveraging mine because um, I uh, there's... My book goes to charity all over the world and there's Fantastic. lots of people in poverty that just a few pounds can help. Uh, each book I sell and um, it's, it's, it's worth uh, a piece of tarpaulin to keep the rain off people. Wow. You know? And it's like that is, to me, the yeah. more books I can sell, the more tarpaulin I can buy. You know, and it's that. So, so we're leveraging the, the situation. I'm, yeah. I'm leveraging my speaking. Yeah. Because, and I'm remembering things. So, um, while we're doing that, uh, the, we're, we're, we're doing the, uh, um, uh, video <laughs> and that I can take audio, bits yeah. out of and help yeah. people. Um, the, I, I'm, I'm always free for doing deals, you know, on the phone and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, uh, the phone hasn't rang, which is good. I'll mind you, I've got it on silent. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I've probably got a whole list of things to do. Um, so you try and leverage everything, mm. you know, uh, that um, that you can. And why not? leverage And time leverage, mm. you know, time and assets. Mm. Um, everything needs to be leveraged because then you can do more. Yes. You can. And the fact that you started with the fact that really we're only here for a holiday. We are. Because of the amount of yeah. time. Yeah. And I wish I'd have known that. <laughs> very early on in life that um and and some people will go well i'm going to die soon so what's the point of doing anything but i mean when you when you look at some fantastic people who are athletes and 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 stuff like that they motivate you to get on and do mm. something and 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 you know you've got only so many 
86,400 seconds in the day and uh, um, 1,440 minutes in the day. Use them. <laughs> yes. Use them. Make the most of them. Yeah. I love that. And leverage gives you more of that. Hey there, if you love this episode, then make sure you jump on Instagram stories and tag me at Catherine and T about why you love this episode so that we can share the love with more people and get Leverage Lifestyle podcast out there more. And I will share it right back on my Instagram stories. Thanks again for listening and thanks for being a leverager.